1: Hour number two, Bruce Hooley Show. Glad to have you along. Uh, As uh, promised, in this uh, half hour of the program, we're going to talk about uh, the intersection of some headlines yesterday, today, uh, over the past week, and some personal thoughts that I had this morning uh, during my Bible study. I think I can explain a lot of uh, the cultural tide these days, And the reason I do this is not because I'm trying to show you that, oh, look at this, I got it all figured out. No, I'm trying to enlighten, shed light on something that, as you hear me explain it, it may make sense to you in the hopes that it will fortify you for a fight that I am trying to get you to join. Uh, there have been throughout um, my adult life, Times where there were cultural battles waging, and a lot of people, maybe even me, uh, didn't really engage because, eh, that doesn't concern me. You know, I'm 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 Switzerland in this. Like, eh, I didn't really have an impact on me. Uh, this current situation we are in with. Many things falling under the umbrella of the LGBTQ agenda that you don't realize are under that umbrella. There's no Switzerland in this battle, okay? There is none. There is no Switzerland in the war on our kids and the war on women. There is a war on women. We're trying to get rid of women. We're told men can be women. In fact, all the best women are men. Leah Thomas, best swimmer to dude. Rachel Levine, the... uh, First female four-star admiral, even though she's not a female, she's a male. He's a male. <laughs> they went on language. They trip even the most um, vigilant of us up <clears throat> on that. So I was in my chair this morning. I was uh, reading Psalms. I was reading Proverbs in what is a uh, an ongoing attempt by me to equip myself or acquire wisdom for these kinds of conversations. And... I started thinking about, well, what is wisdom? What is wisdom? Now, I had the chance on Sunday to teach uh, in my uh, adult uh, Bible class at Northwest Chapel, 6700 Rings Road. Come join us. Sunday morning services at 930 and 11. Um, I had a chance to teach on Matthew 14, the story where uh, it's a look back at one of Herod's sons, also named Herod, who murdered John the Baptist? He murdered John the Baptist because Herod, who was supposedly like a boss, right, he was in charge of Galilee when Jesus was uh, enacting his ministry there, uh, or embarking on his ministry there and conducting his ministry there, uh, Herod was afraid of men more than he was afraid of God. He feared men, he did not fear God. There are a lot of great things in your life that will come with the proper quote-unquote, fear of God, which is placement of God, which is humbling yourself, submitting yourself to God. That's fearing God in the right way. And so I was thinking about what's wisdom, and I thought about that story, and here's a guy who had you know, authority, but he feared men. He feared his wife. He feared his buddies. He feared the Jews. He feared, Herod feared too many people. He didn't fear God. And he'll pay an eternal price for that. And I thought about wisdom, and wisdom is really nothing more than just something you attain via a decision to devote yourself to honoring, following, adopting, and submitting to what God says is right or true. Not what you feel is right or true. A lot of People will tell you today that they are compassionate people. The LGBTQ activists always try to do what to you? Make you feel hateful because, ah, who are you to tell people, no, they can't do this, they can't have this sexual attraction, they can't act on this sexual attraction, and now we're trying to expand that to expanding the sexual attraction to children. You're not a pedophile. Pedophile's a nasty word. Don't call people pedophiles. Call them MAPs, minor attracted persons. I trace this back to Or at least it got a steroid shot from the pandemic. The pandemic. What was the card they played during the pandemic? Be kind, be nice, right? Get vaccinated. It's the kind thing to do. Don't kill grandma. Wear a mask. Socially distance. Be kind. Don't be nasty. It's a pandemic of the unvaccinated, you know. You're you're really, you know, you're just not nice. You're not nice if you're going along. Niceness. Do you ever hear anybody say when they describe somebody, what do they say? Oh, they're so nice. Does anybody say, you know, you're really going to like Jeff. He's so honest. He has so much integrity. He has so much character. Does anybody say that? No. No, they say, oh, he's just so nice. The standard is not character. The standard is not honesty. The standard is not integrity. The standard is nice. And who decides or what decides what nice is? How you receive what that person says or does to make you feel. Do you feel they're nice? or oh, they're not nice to me, so they're not nice. Is it possible they could be nice and not be nice to you? Yes, it is very possible they could be nice to you. Or they could be nice and not be nice to you. I use the example years ago. I was with a friend. He had his son with him in the Chicago. We were on a trip. His son was a brat. He never disciplined him. So one day we're standing on a busy Chicago street, and here comes a bus, and this stupid kid... He's about nine years old, decides he's going to step out in front of the bus and dare the bus. And I grabbed the kid by the scruff of the neck and I yanked him back on the sidewalk and I screamed at him as what an idiot he was. And his mom and dad looked at me like, wow, what made you so angry? What made me so angry is you not disciplining your kid and he's a brat because of you. And you may not think I'm nice, but I just saved his life. Okay, which is actually being nice. And this is the same principle at work. When you tell people things that are bad for them, that they feel like are good for them, are fun for them, are fulfilling for them, are things they want to do. Because don't you dare tell me what I can't do. And where does that attitude come from? That attitude comes from rebellion, hard-headedness, I know what's best for me, which is essentially the same as saying, I'm the boss of me, which means what? Your own twisted view of what is right for you is just that, your own view. Not God's view, not what the Bible says, not what truth is, what you feel. And your feelings will always lie to you. So you see this throughout, we saw it yesterday, Obama tweets yesterday, Obama who is singularly responsible more than any other person for the degradation of the United States back into an era where everything was seen on the basis of race. That's on Barack Obama and his acolytes. And he yesterday tweeted this garbage about, oh, the books that shaped me and the American Library Association. And right now there are people, and often these are people who are people of color, And LGBTQ people who are being disparaged and being targeted because, you know, they're writing books. And these books, I mean, I was shaped by books. Really? Were you shaped by books, Barack? Are you shaped by the books that conservative parents have deemed inappropriate for their children in schools? Were you shaped, tell me, were you shaped by books that told boys how to do oral sex or anal sex? Because those are the books that were trying to get banned out of elementary school libraries. Not Mark Twain, not the books that you talk about shaping you, but you know that. But, of course, you can't say that and won't say that. Why? Because you fear men more than you fear God. You love the approval that comes with being Barack Obama. And to tell people, this is twisted, this is perverse, these books are not appropriate for children, That would compromise your liberal bona fides. It might make you less popular with people whose endorsement as a voting block the Democratic Party needs to get elected. they got to have the LGBTQ agenda to get elected. And so you're not going to tell people the truth about books that are inappropriate for kids. You're going to lump in Mark Twain and others with books about And pictures of little boys having sex with grown men because the cost of sexualizing kids to Barack Obama is worth the lives ruined as long as Democrats stay in power. And don't kid yourself when people talk about, oh, Biden's not going to run and Gavin Newsom's going to slide in there. or Gretchen Whitmer's going to slide in there. Don't you dare leave out. Michelle Obama, if you think there's not a thought on getting her put in place so that Barack Obama, who's already having a third term with Biden in the White House, so he can have a fourth and a fifth term with his wife in power, don't discount it. That is what this lie of, oh, they're banning books, is all about. And that is what the fealty to the LGBTQ movement is all about. That is what the opposition to gender mutilation surgeries is all about. There are people who do it knowingly, pervasively, and then there are people who are caught in that web innocently. We'll talk about one of those people next. He's a pastor from right here in Columbus. So if you missed the start of the hour, I encourage you to go back and catch the podcast. You can find it at 9890answer.com. Jeff uh, posts the podcast right after the show. Uh, It will be a segue into what we're going to talk about this segment, which I began. We had Bernie Moreno on 1135, U.S. Senate candidate on the GOP side. Uh, He told the inspiring story of his wife, Bridget, who was initially hesitant to Bernie, who's an uber successful guy. He could be enjoying his uh, four kids, his grandkids, uh, a nice, comfortable retirement. Instead, he feels um, the need to serve, not necessarily the want to serve. The need to serve. Our country needs him to serve, so he's going to try to serve. And he told the story that his wife Bridget uh, contracted breast cancer. She had a double mastectomy. This is not a secret. Bernie's told told the story on the air about an hour ago, and he said she came out of the surgery determined for him to run for office because the surgery that she had as an elective but necessary surgery to eradicate breast cancer is a surgery minor girls are having without having breast cancer because those girls are under the delusion that they are boys and that removing their healthy breasts will help them become boys. It will not help them become boys. They will never be boys. They were not born boys, hence they can never be a boy. That is something you can say today that is true. But you will be branded as hateful, not nice. Remember the standard for nice shot into the stratosphere during the pandemic. Be nice. Get vaccinated. Socially distance. Wear a mask. Get a booster. Be nice. Nobody says, that guy's got a lot of integrity, character, honesty, truth. No, they just say he's nice or he's not nice. And that's based on how you perceive him which is based on how he treats you, which is based on how you feel about him. Everything's feelings-based now. And we have people like Barack Obama and Joe Biden and others, LGBTQ activists, Maria Bruno here in town, Equality Ohio. we got a lot of evil people who do it purposefully. They're not beyond being saved by Christ's death and resurrection, but they're trapped and they are recruiting others into the throes of evil. But then you have some good people who don't really know that they're doing satanic work because on the outside it looks like they're really doing good stuff because they're just so doggone nice. And one of them has a very nice story about him in the dispatch today. His name is the Reverend John Edgar. Mark Farenchik writes in the dispatch that John Edgar spent more than two decades working through his community development for all people to help impoverished people on Columbus's South side, find food, clothing and decent and affordable housing. What a wonderful guy. I'm sure he is. And he wrote another book, A Front Porch for All People, published this uh, year. And now he's doing work in his church. And the story says his congregation is black, others are white, many with Appalachian roots, others are immigrants, while others are members of the LGBTQIA plus community, and two-thirds have incomes below the poverty level. He is, of course, affiliated with the United Methodist Church, and he gives out a lot of free clothes, and he does all this stuff. Now, I don't know about Mr. Edgar's individual salvation, but I know this, that if he's welcoming the LGBTQIA people to his church and he is telling them that they're not in need of squaring their behavior with what the Bible says about morality, then he is doing them a disservice because he is lying to them, as he would be lying to someone who is committing adultery, or who is trapped in gluttony, or who gossips all the time, or who swears all the time, or who is trapped in any kind of sin that they prioritize over God's authority on that particular issue. See, it's not that I'm singling out the immorality of the LGBTQ movement over the others as worse than, but it is also wrong to abide people in their sin and not tell them the truth. Because telling people the truth and giving them the awareness of what it will cost them to continue to live in that sin, regardless of what that sin is, well, that's really not nice. In fact, that's the opposite of nice. In fact, that is doing Satan's work. Whether you're an eager agent to do it or an unwitting agent to do it, that is what you are doing. And Jesus talked about people like that when they said, wait a minute, I did this, and I did this, and I did this, and I did this. And he says, away from me, I never knew you. Why is that? Why did he not know them? And they're like, but but, Lord, I did that in your name. You're my Savior. I did that in your name. And he might say, I don't know, but he might say, I was your Savior, but I was never your Lord. Because everybody wants a Savior. Don't we all want a Savior? I mean, I, I do. I want a Savior. The Lord part, eh. No, it's actually even not even undecided. Don't really want one until I fully understood how much freedom there was in putting him in charge of establishing guardrails and parameters and lines in my life that I don't cross. I know people think that's restrictive. It's actually very freeing when you know where the lines are, not because you put them there, not because you drew them there, not because you feel like they're there, but because God put them there. And you trust him because why wouldn't you? He sent his son to die for you. must have my best interest at heart. Sent his son to die for me. So I'm absolutely 100% sure that God is pro-life. I'm absolutely 100% sure that God made people in his image, male and female, not a million different genders, not fluid genders. And so that's why I rail against those things, because as I look out on the horizon of our culture, I see them harming children in all sorts of ways. Abortion harms children. Transgenderism harms children. Homosexuality harms children. And if you're out there advocating for the LGBTQ movement, okay, you're a soldier on the front line of evil. If you're standing in the back and you're just so nice that you just think love is love and what does how somebody else loves have to do with me, I'm just going to stay out of it. No, no. The LGBTQ movement has grown and flourished and morphed and expanded and gained acceptance to the point where it's now hateful, hateful to say that a man can't be a woman, that boys shouldn't play girls' sports, that girls aren't entitled to private spaces. Women now have to let men in to psychologically, at the very least, harass them with their naked presence in their locker rooms, all in the name of nice, all in the name of love is love.